All right. Hi, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it was better to start with the. It was better to start with the Sum Forty One, but. Well, no, we can't recreate magic. It's not going to work. I know. We, you guys missed a rare moment of mirth. We, we had to start this again because I didn't have the input. I didn't have the mixer plugged in. You only missed, folks. You only missed like two, three minutes. You missed a couple of minutes, but they were good. Really good. They were golden. We're talking about some forty-one and all those. I was talking about how I have on a couple of occasions wanted to start a band, a cover band of a curated, curated playlist, curated set list of those shitty like early two thousands. What are some of the songs that might be in the set? What's the well? So I, you know, I suggested uh, you know a couple of some forty ones, maybe a couple of Offspring, uh, "Fever for the Flavor" by Hot Action Cop. Absolutely, get some cutie cutie. Yeah, yeah, that's got a great chorus. I, I, I think it's a great chorus. Anthemic. It's a good major key because it, mm-hmm. it goes from minor in the bridge. <laughs> well, I don't know that. I learned that. I learned. I, I can play well. the entire song if you want me to. Shut that fucking rules. You know, that's for the next live show. Well, yeah, because I, no, I really want to. Episode 40. Um, huh? Episode 40. We did episode 20 live. We do every 20 episodes live. Okay. So All episode right, so 40 is going to be live rendition of Fever Hot Action Cop, by Hot Live from the Fox and Fox. No, I remember I tried to do this. I tried to create that kind of uh, that kind of cover band uh, when I was about 19, and I yeah. couldn't find anyone who was a good enough drummer for these fucking, these fucking songs, which is kind of crazy because those songs are not hard. Well, maybe they're not hard on guitar, but they might have some crazy punk rock drums. No, they're not to... hard on drums either, but the thing is they the kind of drummers I knew were... maybe just not challenged but they just couldn't keep a uh you know the drum drummers i knew were all into very fast uh kind of blasty playing blast beats and stuff so they couldn't do something simple like um i want you bad you know want you bad by the offspring the one about bdsm Mm, sounds yeah they couldn't uh they couldn't figure that out i don't know it but it sounds hot it's not is it the one that's like fucking I only know that song. I mean, I think everybody knows that song for one exact reason, and that's that it started off. Uh, it was either Tony Hawk's Pro Skater or uh, Crazy Taxi, uh, one of those two video works. games. I mean, yeah, honestly, you could do a set list of just the Tony Hawk Pro Skater soundtrack. Yeah, dude, that's those pretty are much all of it. Yeah, gems, my oh, friend. God, get the dwarves up in that mountain because there's some gems in those fucking shits, man. Because I'm, uh, and I'll tell you another one. Um, bowling for soup. We brought up bowling for soup, and what I wasn't able to tell you before we realized there was a technical difficulty. What's off the top of your head? What's bowling for soup's biggest song? Biggest, biggest. Um, at least the one that reached England the most was "Girl or the Bad Guys Want." That's the incorrect answer. That is not their biggest. Really? It yeah, it's the girl or the bad. Yeah, guys had a music want. video with like some, you know. No, the biggest <laughs> song they did was fucking Springsteen, Nirvana. Yeah. Oh, wait, Springsteen, Madonna, way before Nirvana. But wasn't was that YouTube. after? My voice is like shot for some reason. Right. I'm not normally this bad of a singer. Wasn't that after Go Lola Bad Guys? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but 1985 is the new song. It's like their hugest song, right? That's the one that goes on about. Oh, yeah. no, I'm thinking of, um, they had another one called High School Never Ends. Which honestly is very similar. When I'm trying to sing into my head, I'm going, 
High school never yeah. ends. But that's also just, it's the girl all the bad guys want. Well, I mean, and I'm wondering if similar. that's true or if that's just my head getting them mixed up. Well, I can tell you this. I was at university in Norwich. Okay. <laughs> Norwich, Get ready. Norwich, England in, um, yeah. this would have been 2010 or so. So maybe <laughs> okay. maybe about five years after their peak, maybe. But all right. uh, they, were, they uh, had a gig booked for the uh, student. Actually, they had two Norwich gigs booked. One for our student union and then one in a bar in the town. And it was Bowling for Soup Unplugged. Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. And if I did there's not- anything you want to hear unplugged, it's Bowling yeah, it's for like, Soup. You know, I think we'll really get to the get to yeah. the meat of the songs yeah, by finally. stripping away the, the high-tech production value. <laughs> Let's just go for the, the, the acoustic. Oh, I have man. no idea what it, I, I, I kind of wish I'd gone now just for... You know, I didn't have much money at the time. You know, I have to say it, it, but one of the best unplugged I've ever heard is uh, Pearl Jam on MTV Unplugged in the early 90s. They Uh did like a few cuts off of 10 unplugged, and I was like, oh shit, this is really good. But I'm Pearl Jam apologist. It's very rare that I uh, I prefer an unplugged version to a regular version. I kind of tend to like it, actually. A couple of times I have. Maybe I would have liked Bowling for Soup unplugged. (laughs) It might have been slightly less obnoxious. Do you remember that one song that was like, I almost got drunk at school at 14 where I almost made out with the homecoming queen. I don't know about that. Yeah, it was the opening track on uh, whatever the album was that had like 1985 and all that shit on it. They're probably their biggest album, I'm sure. But I still but think it was is... definitely the same album as High School Never Ends and Girl All the Bad Guys Want and everything. Right. But I still think there is a um, there is a good idea in curating because, like I said, yeah. no one wants to see a full Sum Forty One set. Yeah. No one wants to see a full Bowling for Soups. I mean, I right. say no one. I'm sure Jenny Hoover does. <laughs> Shouts. For the most part, Shouts you know, for the most part, I mean, I think when some Forty One play live, they mostly they do like half covers. They do like Metallica covers and stuff because they're well, yeah. But I think they get their exit. <laughs> I think they're kind of aware, you know, that no one particularly gives a shit about them. Actually, it's funny that you should say that though, because Metallica. Did you ever see this? Um, Metallic, I, I guess VH1 maybe or maybe MTV do this kind of thing where they get like some iconic band to sit in a big, you know, Emmys style auditorium while other bands who have been influenced by them cover their songs and they kind of have to sit there and watch. Oh, it. I love that. Actually. I can't remember what that VH1 used to do it for hip hop. They did like the VH1 hip hop honors. Yeah, it's, that it's was probably actually super cool. All right, so it's probably kind of like that. They did one for Metallica oh, and cool. they had uh, some 41 uh, who actually, to, to their credit, weren't that bad. They, you know, it wasn't great. But I feel they, like they always wanted to be a metal band. They, they put a lot of the... effort into it anyway. And you could tell that they were at least vaguely competent. But they also had Avril Lavigne covering Fuel. Well, I mean, I don't know any any uh, better person to carry the torch. Oh, my God. You, should, you can probably, you can probably, uh, you can probably still see it. I mean, Metallica have always, um, well, they've long had a reputation for being kind of sellouts and being kind of shitty especially since that whole napster thing yeah and they're just piece, being a bunch of whiny of shit yeah the documentary some kind of monster is one of my favorite like awkward documentaries ever well it rules because it's like they must not have known they got like spinal tap. i think yeah, i mean yeah it is almost yeah. like a real life spinal tap that well is, but like the documentarian must have known what he was making yeah right? I, I, as far as I understand it, Metallica have tried pretty hard to kind of subdue it now, but it got a lot of attention at but the time. But they released it. I think they thought it was cool. I know, exactly. At the time, and then like, they realized that everyone was taking the piss. Because that documentary is about them recording 
uh, Saint Anger. Oh, Saint Anger, You're which right. is the one of their on the cover. which is one of their least well received albums, yeah. and it has this horrible. Uh, it's notoriously got a really horrible drum sound. <laughs> the the snare and the tom sound from Lazor. It sounds like uh, it sounds like someone hitting milk cartons with like huh. fucking bones. Yeah, it's it's really awful sounding and not a very good album. And uh, this whole documentary was made while they were writing and making it and then they lost their bassist and they had to hire a new bassist and james hetfield went to rehab for alcoholism and then and they had that they'd hired this therapist to be in the studio with them for something like ten thousand dollars a week and they're just spending all this money on this fucking therapist who is clearly a charlatan not so much a charlatan but he's very clearly trying to make money off them like he's almost stoking their issues and like things that they could solve quite easily by themselves he's like well hang on do you want to just accept that or not? You know, and he's like, oh, I love he's it. really pushing them it. to keep needing his service. He's a total hack. But my favorite part about that document, so aside from all the petty infighting, especially yeah. between, um, especially between Lars Ulrich and James Hetfield, uh, and then you have Kirk Hammett, the guitarist, who's just really mild mannered, and he's just like, "Well, hey guys, maybe uh, we can just all get along. Maybe it's all about that's the music. Kirk Hammett. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, that's Kirk Hammett. Yeah, he's uh, you know, he's trying to keep the peace. He's just like, yeah, we, just, <laughs> we just love rock and roll, and why don't we just try and wow, bond over the spirit of rock and roll?" And Lars Ulrich's like, "Fuck you, all of you! I fucking hate this." Like, he has an accent. He's, got, he's still got a bit of a Danish accent, that's funny. which comes out when he's angry. And James well, Hetfield's like, "I am just." full of alcohol he's a fuck <laughs> that's a guy that's a dad yeah you look at james headphone you're like this yeah, is a fucking like a, barbecue dad but the funny thing is they lived in like san francisco at the time and, yeah uh, i think he's since moved i think he basically got kicked out because yeah. he's he's not the most liberal guy have you um, seen um well no uh, carrying on oh, with sorry, some kind ahead. of monster though uh my favorite part of it is fairly early on where Lars Ulrich, i guess his dad's a musician so he's got his dad as yeah. this like Danish dude who look, literally looks like Gandalf. He's got this huge white beard <laughs> and he's very wise and like very Danish yeah. demeanor, very right. kind of silent and yeah. kind of stoic, uh, but also brutally honest. Yeah. And Lars Ulrich brings his dad into the studio to listen to like the intro track they'd made, and it was like this very pretentious, like kind of like the intro to Pink Floyd's The Wall. Right. And it's very like wanky and stupid. Yeah. And he asks his dad what he th- what he thinks, and his dad just goes, uh, if I if I were you, I would delete that. Like, <laughs> the whole thing. He said, delete the that whole thing. Like, he's, he's apparently listened to a few tracks you don't see all of it but he just goes yeah. I would delete that and start again <laughs> and Lars Ulrich's trying to be like oh that's my dad you know but his dad's oh, deadly serious he's like rocks. no 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 it, it's not your best do you think this is your best work I would delete that <laughs> yeah. It's a, yeah go check it out yeah, uh, some, some kind, kind of, monster. of monster it's a really funny documentary did you ever see the much better Metallica documentary uh, better than some kind of monster the uh, concert movie that has this weird wraparound framing device of a kid skateboarding and fighting zombies no Oh my god, it came out. I saw it in theaters for good some Lord. fucking reason because I'm not a Metallica fan. Yeah. But I was like this looks so good to me for some reason. And I went to see it and it's like it's a Metallica concert movie. I didn't realize that, I think. 
I thought it was more of a movie set to Metallica music, like a musical. I thought it was going to be like across the universe for Metallica. It's not. <laughs> it's, oh, God, you know that's coming next, though. Oh, I hope yeah. so. I'll see that. But, like, it, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a concert movie, but then in they have these, like, interstitials and a wraparound where it's their roadie. It's like they're like, hey, kid, go get us some fucking guitar strings or something like that. Right. And he hops on his skateboard. And then as they're playing the show, um, like they he's like, there's like the undead are outside or it's like the apocalypse. Jesus, I wish I could remember the name of this movie. It, it came out in theaters in like 2013. Mm. So they're all old at this point. Yeah. And there's one scene where the roadie who's clearly just been hired on, he's wa- it's at the beginning. He's walking on, and he... Um, who's the bassist for Metallica, the new one? Rob Trujillo. Rob Trujillo, yeah. He's walking along, and he walks into this room. Like, he opens this door, and there's a room that is... I mean, clearly green screen, but it's, like, all amp speakers. And it's Rob Trujillo in there, like, spider-crawling around with his tongue out, hmm. playing the fucking bass to himself... And like feeling the vibes, and it's yeah. it's one of the best movies ever made. <laughs> yeah, that sounds shit. But I, by the way, my point was not simply do you remember that Bowling for Soup song. My point was 1985. Their most famous song is a cover uh-huh. of a much less popular band's song. Like almost like they bought the and like how bad do you want to kill yourself if you're that much less popular band? And Bowling for Soup ran away with your song because if you listen to the the much less, if if they had a good deal they probably made good money off it without having. I hope so. I doubt they did though. Like I don't know. I don't remember the name of the band. I'll tell you that. Um, But I listened to their cover and it's it's almost exactly the same. Same pace. There's no new take in the Bowling for Soup cover. It's literally they were just like this sounds like it could be a Bowling for Soup song. Let's fucking pay the rights to do it. Yeah, that's. Fucking crazy. And I, the, I honestly don't particularly care about that. Um, well, do you care about this? Jarrett Reddick, the singer of Bowling for Soup, is now the voice of Chuck E. Cheese in uh, the new rebrand. Don't Christ me. Sean's feeling... I'm looking at the... The timer. Yeah, how long does that take? <laughs> Just telling you the truth, bitch. No, I know, but I think you've actually mentioned that on the podcast before. <laughs> during one so. of the other times you were talking about Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. <laughs> No, I do think I, I still think there is a good act to be had in uh, in curating a decent set list of that kind of shit. Yeah. But I think you're right. I think what you said before was right. It was the um, it doesn't really work if um, you know I'm I'm just about thirty now. I think even with thirty year olds, it doesn't quite work. I think yeah, I would I need to wait until I'm like in my fifties. Yeah, you gotta be a and dad. The, yeah, be a dad doing like That's dad energy. Basically, just the American Pie soundtrack. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which has a couple of bangers on it. Um, like, and you're out there doing fucking. I'm not sick, yeah. but I'm not well. Harvey Danger, yeah. Uh, uh, that had uh, it had fucking hole on it. You know, celebrity skin by hole on it. No, make me over. Yeah. I'm all I wanna be. Yeah, I fucking I love singing. Yeah, apparently. 
<laughs> tonight. <laughs> Punch drunk, my friend. Punch drunk. Yeah, it makes us wasted. I don't know how or why. I think Sean dosed me. I didn't dose you at all. I was too busy on the fucking quiz. We all you know the who one looking around. Tonight it was Quizmaster Rick. Yeah, we, we just got back from movie trivia. Yeah. Their curated, you know, special event movie trivia night. Yeah, Sean and I. Fucking shit. I literally. So, uh, Sean and I planned a podcast tonight and. He said, what time are you getting up? I said, well, I get off work at like 6.30, 7. Do we need like, to know all this? Yes, because he's like, oh, bummer. Movie trivia is at 8. I said, let's do that instead of the podcast. Yeah. I was willing to totally cancel this podcast for movie <laughs> trivia at the fucking... What's that place called? The Crown Fox and Anchor. Park? The Crown and Anchor, yeah. Crown and Anchor, which is a, it's the most British of the British pubs I've been to in America. It's kind it's, of a shithole. It, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's kind of what I mean. It's like, um, you know, there are, uh, there are a few, usually, more often than British, you get like Irish pubs and stuff, which yeah. they seem to think are somehow different. Brennan's is but a much nicer place. Brennan's is definitely nicer, but it's, it's a little bit, it's almost fancy. Yeah. You know? uh, whereas this, the Crown and Anchor, it does remind me most of what pubs in England are like. Uh uh, to the point where you know this weekend, every now and then I suck. Every now and then I go there because uh, you know they play the uh, the football, the soccer. Sorry, yeah. Uh, and obviously there's an eight hour time difference, so they start their games at seven a.m. Yeah, California sure, yeah. time. So you go there at seven a.m. and there were just like all these like sallow old British folks in there <laughs> drinking, like trying to force a cider down them and watch the uh, you know watch the football games. I, I kind of like going for that. Do you? Uh, the last time I went on um, Saturday, there was a, uh, a little group of them, little group of these old old lads, and uh, they almost instantly made me feel right at home in you know in England. Like one of them. Uh, one of them like came over a little bit late, and he was like, "Sorry, I had a bit of a wild one last night, lads. I uh, went to see a uh, Depeche Mode, uh, a cover band. <laughs> that uh, was the wild night was the cover Oaks. band, a Depeche Mode cover band, uh, and and he goes, yeah, they, they were quite good. No, really, they were quite good. They were. <laughs> that was it. That was his wild night, and uh, then <laughs> uh, another one made a joke about uh, all the Pakistanis in Birmingham. You know." He, <laughs> He said, "Oh yeah, you, you heard that. Uh, you heard that Pakistan is uh, threatening to uh, to nuke the uh, Pakistan versus India. They're threatening to nuke the cities with the most Muslims. So Birmingham and Bradford are already on fire because <laughs> oh Birmingham God. and Bradford no, are cities in England with yeah. high Muslim populations. You know." Wow. Yeah, and I thought I was like, oh yes, yeah, just like being home. <laughs> oh my It's just Christ. like being home. I wrote online, I was like, it's, it's like returning to an abusive household for like, a few hours. <laughs> You're like, this is comforting. Yeah, but it is, you know, it's like it's it's familiar, even it's though even though it's really bad for you, it's familiar, yeah. That's so good. But I that's mean, what the crown and anchor is. It's, and and to be fair, they have pretty good um they have a pretty good drink selection, you know, and uh pretty good food too. Well, you know the funny thing is is like when my man comes out saying yeah, they're threatening. He's doing pub jokes. Well, you're, doing, right, so Max is talking about the trivia now. No, no, no. I'm talking Wait, about your man and the hypothetical man. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When my man comes out doing the fucking the pub jokes and doing like the, you know, they're going to blow up fucking Birmingham because it's got the most it's Muslims, Muslims in it. Yeah. Well, it's like, I think it's a slur. Is that like a really bad word? I've never heard of that. Uh, Yeah, no, his his joke was there are more Muslims in English cities than Indian cities. Yeah, that's obviously the joke, but I just mean like, you just got to stop and remember, like, my man lives in Thousand Oaks, California. Lives in Thousand Oaks, California. And like, they're all fucking wealthy, too. Like, the funny thing the about them is... What are you talking about? 
Well, the funny thing, yeah, it's because, you know, uh, kindred spirits, but they're all in their 60s, or, you know. Yeah. Uh, so the, I, I don't know how long they've been out here, but they haven't lost any of the, uh, you know, they haven't lost it. Like, I've been out here seven years, but I came out here pretty young, so I feel like I've lost a lot of my, you know, uh, more traditionally English conversation pieces, because I don't really hang out with English people. So right. they, on the other hand, seem to have found this little... You know, they found this pub that they an go enclave to. Of, yeah, and yeah. they found like like-minded British people to an to continue enclave of Anglicism. <laughs> yeah, so they're just continuing, you know, uh, and <laughs> they're carrying on their fucking banter and memes from England. And uh, <laughs> oh my god, it was kind of funny. That I mean, it's kind of nice rules. too. It's like oh, they're they're pretty. I, know, I feel like I'm shitting. They're all driving like moment, fuck. Like one of them's got a Jaguar, and one of them's got a fucking. <laughs> of course, they're all rich. Tesla, yeah, like they're they're, they're wealthy dudes, TL. but they don't look wealthy. They look like English football fans you know like the, yeah. the kind of guys you get at old trafford or whatever but um yeah man they're um <laughs> they're pretty pretty english still i mean that is i mean that's the funny thing to me is sitting in a pub in thousand oaks telling jokes about england yeah telling jo- jokes about the packies two other english yeah. people who happen to be here right right like, right what do you like do a joke about fucking what you saw on the way here do they asked they asked me you know well, what's your team and i was like i don't really i haven't really followed that it that was what i was about time. to ask you actually yeah yeah do you like even have like a team you casually root for not really anymore. I, I used to, uh, you know, when I was younger, I was a Man U fan, Man United fan. Okay. Just because they seem like the best. You know, Manchester? I, I, is that what that is? Manchester United. Okay. Yeah, they're one of the most, you know, probably the most world-recognized football teams yeah. in England. And, um, yeah, I liked them when I was younger because, I, honestly, at that age, it was mostly I just liked their outfit. You know, I, yeah. I, I, they had a red yeah. <laughs> red shirt that I thought looked good. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, they were just... Uh, David Beckham started out with them and stuff, you know. But yeah. uh, now I don't really... No, I tend, to, I tend to always root for the underdog of whatever. Like, I know just enough about uh, British football to know which team is... You know, if it's like Liverpool versus uh, fucking Wolverhampton, right. I know that Wolverhampton is the underdog there and I'll sure. root for them. But, my buddy, uh, yeah. my buddy is a big, so big that he has it tattooed on his arm. Although he's really a poser. Mm. Uh, my buddy's a big Newcastle United fan, right? And uh, but he won't drink the beer. And honestly, it's well, a they're gross, not related. It's a, it's a gross fucking beer. Newcastle Brown Ale, yeah, it's horrible. It's not related. Well, it's not related to the football team. No, it's just because of the city. Yeah, Newcastle's a city. That would be like, are you serious? <laughs> You know, my, I thought it was like the official. My friend's a big team. Lakers fan, but you know what? <laughs> he doesn't like California rules. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. Really... I genuinely thought they were connected. No, why would they be connected? Doesn't Newcastle Brown Ale have the Newcastle pendant on the label? Uh, may do. I don't know. Um, may do. it wouldn't Look be how the British you are today. May um, do. I'm... May do. Isn't that a fan? That's a very British thing to Is say. Is it? All right. Yeah. Yeah, I catch myself every now and Do you ever then. say, like, hey, let's go around. You want to come around mine? Or you want to go around yours? Yeah, but I think I've started saying my place now. Yeah, you should. Because that's a more that's American way of way saying it. Yeah. <laughs> my place. Yeah. I don't know. But anyway, I, so I kind of I have, like, yeah. a love-hate relationship with that place. But they do, um, you know, Max and I did trivia there once before. On a kind of oh yeah trivia night and uh, yeah tonight well we'd been warned that they that he was planning on doing a special movie trivia night on the first months we like I put this on my calendar the way you put an anniversary like I fucking I was ready right yeah yeah but you never you never called me up on it until tonight I didn't remember yeah me neither and I guess I wasn't ready. (laughs) 
Yeah, no, but I saw it on Saturday that it was Avatar. I was like, oh, shit, yeah, it's going to be on Tuesday. Yeah. Let's do that. And uh, so this is the movie trivia night. So we figured we'll do pretty well at that. Oh, cinephiles. Yeah, you know. You've heard the popcorn chatter. Yeah. You've heard the fucking... I mean, I don't know anybody who knows more movies than I do. Well... Except <laughs> we get there tonight. Well, yeah, except so we get there tonight, and it turns out Max hasn't seen any movies. <laughs> like he, Professor movies. He hasn't seen Die Hard. <laughs> He hasn't nope. seen Gladiator. Nope. You haven't seen Shawshank Redemption. Nope. You haven't seen like all these movies that you assume that everyone has seen. Like this kind of given. And this goes along with all the other shit I've said on the podcast. Like I've never seen a David Lynch movie. I mean. I've never seen a Terry Gilliam movie. It was rough. I would say out of. I've never were, seen a Stanley Kubrick movie except for The Shining. I think there were 40 questions in total. And if I were to guess, I think I answered about 30 of them solo. But that's not fair because I knew the answer. I would say... No, that's included in the ones that... <laughs> no, no, no. No, really? no, no. Because here's the thing. Of that 40-question quiz, you and I would have gotten... If we had taken it individually, you and I would have gotten comparable scores. You would have been maybe four or five questions above me. Uh, I don't know, but that... Yeah, the others, you know... Like Hans Pulp Gruber... Fiction. I'd never seen Die Hard. Hans Gruber is. gives uh, John McClane and Die Hard a fake name when he's trying to pretend that he's not the bad guy. And I was like, fuck, I've seen that movie enough times that I should know this. Yeah. I ended up getting one... I got yeah. his surname. I didn't get his first name. Well, there was one point where and Sean... was just like, I don't know. I've never seen Die Hard. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck are you here for? He didn't even know... Like, you've, you've seen The Wizard of Oz once, apparently. Yeah, I've never seen Matt, it. Of all people, you would expect that if there's a Wizard Wizard of Oz question, I could just be like, all right, Max, what is it? <laughs> yeah, I was really very useless. Yeah. <laughs> Sean really, that's what I mean. There was no, I don't think there was any single question except for the Scarface one, which to be fair was like my clairvoyance or a guess or something. It was a total guess, but um, fair enough. You're but right. it fucking, it was such a quick guess that it must have been, that must have been something I heard before. But then you said Carlito's way. Right, because you so like, fucking yelled at me about Scarface, and I'm very susceptible. I don't know if I yelled at you about it. I think I, <laughs> so are you just guessing, or is that, you know... <laughs> no, you said I it mean, with utmost certainty. I didn't know. So when you say it with certainty, I needed to be like, all right, well, do you know that? That was not just, how you said it. You didn't say, well, Max, do you know that? You were like, why are you saying that? Are you guessing? <laughs> well, yeah, because you'd done that for one. Or, I can't remember what the other ones were, but one or two other ones, you just said something. And I'm like, just blurt shit well, out. Well, is that it? You know, is that the answer? Oh, no, it is. blurting no. shit out. I was a lot of fun tonight because I kept saying the answers. Oh, that was perfect. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm pretty, I, I, I guess I have a bit of a competitive You're streak. very in competitive. You get but it's mad. Not, it's not so much that. It's just like when it comes to uh, games like that, like trivia and stuff like that, I'm, yeah. a, I'm like a fan of the rules because I think it's important yeah. that everyone has the same, you know, honestly, we were a team of two and everyone else was a team of at least four or five. So, right. we, we, you know, we were at a disadvantage anyway and I didn't like the, you know, people are on their phones the whole time. And well, I told you the one guy was just looking at his photo gallery. He was yeah, he was at looking nudes. at his photo gallery in the middle of uh, in the middle of the break. But the other guy was on his phone while they were finishing up the round. Mm. And that other guy, like you can say, it doesn't matter what they were on. It's like that alone, you know, someone just looking at their phone while the quiz is going. That pisses me off because I'm like, well, I if I did that, if I was allowed to just look at my phone, I could get all the answers like that. To be honest, I don't think Quizmaster Rick wants to call them on it. No, I think they're like regulars. Yeah, they're like mates. And I think Quizmaster Rick is doing this instead of. Yeah, it's, a, it's a front. Yeah. 
That's yeah. a front. But he, um, I, I think he also goes around like kind of giving weird hints to people too. He really does, which is annoying. You know, it's annoying to me. Yeah, and, it's uh, not really the quiz, the quiz night for a competitive spirit like. It's Sean. not even that I'm especially competitive. It's well, that I, I feel like if you are gonna do <laughs> a game of any kind, right, it needs to be you know kind right. of fair. But yeah, so on top of that, I'm dealing with, you know, sometimes even maybe before the question is finished, I'll start writing the answer because I'm just, I know what the answer is. And Max just looks at it and goes, oh, and <laughs> from Russia with love. And I'm like, fuck. It's the ring. <laughs> yeah, like just say it out loud. Yeah. And yeah, we're at tables next to and people. Sometimes and sometimes I would try to be discreet. So the answer was from Russia with love. And I say to Sean, I go, wasn't that the? Isn't it the second Bond movie? Which most <laughs> Wait, people know the what the second James Bond, Bond movie? movie is. Yeah, yeah. So oh, stuff, fuck. So yeah, I had a, I had a rough time of it. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not good at that. And shit, we ended man. up coming in like fifth place in the end. We got we got fucked yeah, on that last round. Fuck, dude. Yeah, but you know what? For two for two fellas. Two fellows who weren't on their phones. Yeah, we did. We did. It was a valiant effort, to yeah, be sure. No, we, we did all right. We did all right. I'm usually pretty good at trivia, and you would think movie trivia, being that I'm a noted cinephile. Yeah, I'm not but sure not about talk- that. I am. Like these, but they're not you were talking like, about the goods, Well, no, man. you were like, why are they talking about films like fucking Die Hard? And it's like, yeah, those are films that everyone has seen. That's except for you. for old people, man. Shit for old Ask people. Ask me about fucking Eisenstein, bitch. Ask me about How is Battleship that not shit for old people? That's, <laughs> that's, that's for young decades earlier. That's for young academics like myself. If, if they had asked you a question about fucking uh, Battleship Potemkin, yeah, dude, the you fucking you would have been able to answer. Steps? I've seen Battleship Potemkin. Yeah, but would the question have been like, <laughs> "What's the movie? <laughs> What's the, the movie where the thing the goes down the steps?" Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, all right. Agree to disagree. Yeah. What do you know about Marilyn Manson's Lewis Carroll movie Phantasmagoria that he kept threatening? I the actually world with for several years. You know, I actually um, I looked it up a few times. Did it come out? No, he never made mm-hmm. it. As far as I understand, he, he never made, made it, but he made a trailer it. for it. He, he filmed a dedicated trailer for it, which looked pretty good. Actually, I think he it was just, a good-looking trailer. I with, think he um, just like made people have sex, didn't he? I don't think so. I mean, it looked a bit like one of his music videos, but it was pretty, you know, it was pretty stylized. And I think if you're gonna, so Marilyn Manson wanted to do a film about Lewis Carroll, yeah, like the dark side of Lewis Carroll and how he's in love with this twelve-year-old girl called Alice or whatever. Is that actually true, though, or is that no, just Marilyn Manson's interpretation of what Lewis Carroll's life was? I'm sure there's a bit of both going on because I think Alice in Wonderland is such a, a a hauntingly beautiful and whimsical story that people like to impose a lot of darkness on it. But I don't know that it's actually there. It just when you well, read no, it, Lewis it just, Carroll himself was like a laudanum fiend, wasn't he? And he I, was into was he? Yeah, I thought he did live with this girl called Alice. I thought he was a fucking shitty, just like a fucking mathematician. I'm honestly not fucking sure, nerd. but I I seem to remember reading that. And so that I sounds think about right. I think Alice Liddell was like a like a daughter of a family friend or something like that. So. Well, but it's like, but it's like, I think it was like a just a thing where it's like, yeah, he had this idea for a book. And he, like, dedicated it to her. But I don't know that he was so obsessed with her that, like, you know. I, I think that people like... I think a lot of that Lewis Carroll shit is pretty apocryphal. I don't know. Yeah, me neither. I guess neither do you. Uh, so I guess we're just yeah. pissing in the wind. Yeah, what's the point? I was trying to talk about the, in the wind. I was trying to make a point about the uh, the movie. The, yeah, Phantasmagoria. Tell me about it. Yeah, so he made this uh, this trailer for it. And it looked yeah. kind of good. It looked kind of Zombie Joe-ish. Yeah. And... Um, 
but yeah, nothing ever came of it. Well, I used to be a big Marilyn Manson fan, and um, what I remember that trailer, and I also remember him saying in interviews because he. Marilyn Manson is kind of like Kevin Smith in his day, where he would just threaten projects that never happened. Right. And one of them was this Phantasmagoria movie. And um, he talked a lot about it. And one of the things he kept saying in interviews is like, we have actual twins who have sex on camera. Uh-huh. That was one of the things he kept talking about. I assume it was like a Tweedledum, Tweedledee thing. Yeah, but- well, you can kind of see it in the trailer a little bit. So that's what I think is I think he just probably has a bunch of unused footage somewhere of like his weird personal exploitation tapes. Possibly. I, I mean, there is apparently that tape that exists of him oh and Trent Reznor gangbanging some fucking drunk some fan. poor hapless woman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's horrible. They've, they've avoided cancellation in quite it's a remarkable way. It's amazing that they have. Yeah. They really should both be canceled. I think maybe it's just a lack of relevance on Marilyn Manson's part, but people still yeah. seem to really like Trent Reznor. Um, um, yeah, yeah, he's kind of reinvented himself as a, uh, you know, part of the Hollywood system and fucking old ass fucking man. Yeah. Um, but so Marilyn Manson also used to threaten a novel. Did you ever hear about that? No, it doesn't surprise me. He used to always threaten us with a novel about, um, so if, if those of those of you Manson heads out there know that his best three albums Antichrist, Superstar, Mechanical Animals, and Hollywood are a trilogy. They're a trilogy of concept albums, allegedly, uh, told in reverse about somebody's sort of like rise to power and fall from power, with Antichrist, Superstar being the end and Hollywood being the beginning. And um, he would he was always threatening us with a novel that was based on that story. Mm. that he allegedly told and planned the whole time with those three albums. Now, it always felt to me like those concept albums, quote-unquote, are loose, so loose that, you know. Certainly, you you need to have it explained to you that it was a concept album. Exactly, yeah. It's not like fucking Jeff Wayne's War of the Worlds or Or, anything like that. Or Tommy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, that sounds like bullshit. I mean, a lot of bands do that, though. Yeah. You know they'll they'll do an album that as soon as it gets um you know as soon as it gets a little bit wankier than how they started you know so like Marilyn Manson started doing this kind of industrial yeah. metal ish stuff and then you know once he started getting bigger he tried to make them more grand and grandiose yeah. in some ways and and far more polished than they probably should have been given his you know his image and uh yeah. so then yeah the, ten- <laughs> the temptation would be like oh it was all planned as part of a, a cinematic concept album which will one day be a movie and one yeah, day be a- and a book and i mean you remember fucking <clears throat> you remember fucking my chemical romance doing that yeah but i liked that it doesn't matter if you like the album or not i'm not talking about the quality of of the album I'm, well they claimed I'm that is- all three of their first albums were stories uh, in hindsight, yes. No, they claimed it at the time. I don't think so. But like they claimed it. I mean, I mean, they claimed it immediately after the album came out. Like I heard that Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge was a concept album that was about a guy dying and going to hell and then coming back to be with his lover, which is, by the way, the plot of Spawn. Uh, right. It it's, sounded exactly like the plot of Spawn, which I believed maybe Gerard Way had in mind because I know he's a comic book guy. Well, it's also the it's kind of the plot of the Black Parade too. <laughs> Their actual concept. Um, I mean, but it they don't come back, back to life in the Black. No, parade, but yeah. like the, the fucking Black Parade. So we, you know, that's when they really shat the bed in terms of like their, their best. Album. No, no, listen to me. That's okay. when they shat the bed in terms of their. 
you know, what they professed to be versus what they ended up doing. So what they professed to be was, you know, a bunch of guys, like kind of nerdy outcast guys from New Jersey uh, making kind of angry and quote-unquote emo, you know, emotional music um, about, you know, feeling lonely or alienated or isolated. And, and, you know, the occasional like kind of comic booky demolition lovers or whatever the fuck, you know, it's kind of, uh, you know. Uh, like Bonnie, Bonnie and Clyde ish. Sure. But um, then they, so that, that's how they started. And they were like, yeah, we're just from New Jersey. You know, we're fucking like, you know, we're just down and dirty and blah, blah, blah. And then they started getting a ton of money and suddenly they come out with, and they always looked kind of, you know, a little grungy or a little dark or whatever. And then they suddenly come out of the Black Parade and he's like, you know, he's cut his hair short and dyed it peroxide blonde. And there's this big music video where he's like yeah. dancing Marching like Freddie Mercury it, yeah. on the fucking like, big uh very queen like for sure queen like yeah. and pink floyd like and uh yeah just like far far too big for what they actually were and they kind of claimed it was this concept album which mm. it was in the sense of like well, first of all like the first track is ripped off nearly directly from um the first track of the wall mm. uh i should listen to the wall sometime yeah you'd probably like the wall that's far more of a solid concept album than yeah. the black raiders but uh yeah, then they so yeah, apparently it's a apparently it's a story about someone dying of cancer. And that's pretty much it, right? It seems that way. <laughs> like he's dying of cancer. <laughs> someone dies of cancer basically. Yeah. And then uh but you have songs on there like Teenagers which don't seem to fit into that Right. At all. Exactly. Yeah. Teenagers well, is a song which seems to be if anything about like high school violence. Yeah, (laughs) apparently the song was inspired by Gerard Way being on a fucking subway and seeing teenagers and feeling old for the first time. Feeling like they scared the living shit out of them. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty straightforward. But if you ever want to hear a great, I mean, a truly fantastic piece of audio, you should look up Kevin Smith interviewing Gerard Way. I've heard that, yeah. You've heard it? Yeah. Interviewing Gerard and and who's his brothers in the band? Mikey, the bassist. Yeah. Fucking talentless bassist. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's them two, them's two, fucking being interviewed by Kevin Smith, and he almost outright tells them that he I've never listened to any of your music except for... Yes, okay, so you have heard this. God, you and I are soulmates, Sean. I sometimes feel that way. We have have consumed all of the most... (laughs) sickeningly trash obscure media but well, my like, chemical romance yeah. are about as close to um a guilty ple- I, I don't I, i'm not one of those people i don't particularly like saying guilty pleasures because right. you know, that implies that there's something bad about what you're listening to or whatever but yeah. it really does it really is hard for me to tell people that i like my chemical romance right because they have such a connotation about them and honestly i like the black parade a lot honestly like a lot of that connotation is kind of deserved like if you watch you know going back a bit older i was really into them when i was maybe 14 15 16 mm-hmm. but going back to them when i was a bit older is kind of embarrassing to see the way they would like behave and shit yeah but um other than that, I think you know. I, th- I think they had some decent songwriting, decent lyrics, and I think Jared Way's voice is at least fun. unique. Like, yeah, you, it's uh, fun. you can't copy it very easily, and right. I think that's important. And you know, so like, I have, I have a uh, nostalgic, I yeah, I have nostalgic value for them, and I also just kind of, you know, I've, I think they were decent at what they did. Um, so yeah, I listened to that interview when it came because you know Kevin Smith. Also, I would kind of say it's guilty pleasure, you know. <laughs> uh, and he interviewed them, and yeah, basically did i think like a three-hour interview of them where he essentially says not only did i not know any of your music before 
I heard the Black Parade and some hockey documentary. Yeah. But since hearing that and thinking it was important enough to get you on the podcast, I also haven't investigated you any further. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> and they and he says it to their face essentially. It's like, yeah. yeah, I don't know anything about the rest of your kin. But then so the interview is about two hours long and it's just him going line by line mm. on the black parade. Is line ex- by is line. Exceedingly dull. And you will find out so quickly how little thought right. Gerard Way puts <laughs> into his lyrics. Yeah. There was nothing. It, there was nothing. But then my favorite part is so he's like Gerardway kind of talks about how it's this concept album, blah blah blah, and it's supposed to be a, it's supposed to be this story and everything. And he gets to the line where he it like kind of breaks into like uh, like the second movement of the song, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Sometimes I get the feeling she's watching over me." Almost and singing. he's like, and he goes, "What's that?" And he just goes, <laughs> "Oh, that line's about my grandma." Yeah, I'm like, is your grandma a fucking character on this album? What nowhere. the fuck are you talking about? Well, he had he had a song on um, their second album, Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge, called Helena, which is apparently entirely about his grandma who died. And uh, this guy's obsessed with his dead grand, loves his grandma. But um, <laughs> again, it. if you look at the lyrics, this man so, watched nine eleven happen. By the way, I don't know if you know that or not. Yeah, no, he's he's talked about that, and he wrote yeah. a song about that too. He's like Steve Ranazzi. Wrote a song called Skylines and Turnstiles, which is apparently about, I think it was the first song they wrote, or so they say. Yeah. But uh, again, if you read the lyrics, you wouldn't have any idea that that's what it was about. It really, uh, it does seem like someone who writes lyrics because they sound good, and then Yeah, oh, kind it, those of, nonsense lyrics. Yeah. Just like the hearse you died to yeah. in again but you know what as fucking i, I kind of like yeah. the lyrics i think he's got a good way with words even if they don't really mean much or make more sense aesthetically i'm pleasing. fine with that yeah i think i think aesthetics yeah. are just as important in lyrics as anything else and of also course. like the sound the sound most of words. important thing yeah but the sound of words too you yeah. know because there are a lot of um especially like british uh you know folk artists well, they're very clever lyrics you know like yeah but they're not nice to hear you know mm. they don't have a instant aesthetic appeal and uh yeah so i would take music that means absolutely fuck all like captain beefheart's lyrics don't really mean that much but they sound really good <laughs> or uh, melvin's or like any number of other bands right. that i can name um, the residents yeah sure yeah if you if you get lyrics that sound good i'll take that over something that has like a yeah. message or a meaning mm. or a story to it even uh and you know what my chemical romance as far as that whole scene went you know like i mean they call it the emo scene you know that that sort of post-punk or post-hardcore or whatever mid-2000s shit from america they call it emo but that's not really like technically emo was more like dashboard confessional and fucking um, yeah death cab for cutie and all that shit i think you could fairly classify at least three cheers for sweet revenge under the emo yeah ish but it tended to be a little bit more well most most subgenres are aesthetic just as much as they are sonic right like, okay music. so if we're, like for for yeah. um for the sake of talking about it we'll just say the emo scene so like bands yeah. like yeah sure taking back sunday and fucking yeah. um what else was there lost uh, profits baby lost profits <laughs> turned out i mean that we'll get on to lost profits in a second but what i was gonna say is the uh yeah my chemical romance their lyrics were nowhere near as embarrassing as some of those other ones so uh, there's one from taking back sunday which goes, uh, I, I hope I'm getting it right, but it's so fucking daft. It's, uh, hoping for the best, hoping nothing happens, a thousand clever lines unread on clever napkins. 
That rocks. Now, do you remember back in the days of like MSN Messenger, where yeah. like yeah, <laughs> you're, you're, yeah. you didn't just or have to have aim. your name yeah. up there. You'd have like a little status instead yeah, exactly. of your name. Yeah, And it, usually people would put song lyrics on there. And yeah, yeah I saw that one a few times because like, all these like scene girls at the time thought it was really clever. Clever napkins. I mean, fucking Christ. Even at the time, I was like, what the fuck does that mean? Fallout Boy, full of that shit as well. Do you like, know what mine was for the longest time? Like, embarrassingly old. What was that? It was... Um, it was four lines, a quatrain, if you will. And it was, by gist and by St. Charity, a lack and five for shame. Young men will do it if they come to it. By cock they are to blame. And that's from Hamlet. Jesus And I Christ. thought it was real cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm going for the real. Ophelia says that in Hamlet. <laughs> You're quoting your fucking Ash lyrics. I'm quoting the bar out of my And honestly, I am cool. <laughs> that was pretty cool. <laughs> Well, it's less embarrassing, perhaps, than yeah. Yeah, having a fucking Fallout Boy lyric on there. But <laughs> if we're talking about those emo bands, and yeah. you know, we got to talk about Lost Prophets. I think we we've can't. talked about this before on the I podcast. think I Am cut I it. I th- you cut it? I think so, yeah. I think I cut talking about Lost Prophets. We were at the den. Yeah, I think I cut all that bit out. Okay, go um, ahead. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, now you've mentioned that, then fuck it. You know, there's no point in saying it if it's going to sound like we're repeating ourselves. But nah, we'll figure it out. All right. Well, fucking yeah, I mean, insane yeah i mean it doesn't get darker and the funniest thing about it is the um <laughs> you know i've been in and, and there are funny things about it i know it doesn't sound funny oh i don't know it, man it, I'm, I'm recusing myself of this one <laughs> in case you don't know what we're talking about the lost prophets were welsh kind of like wales's yeah. entry into the emo uh emo kind of like pop punk scene and uh you know, just shitty, kind of very light music. Yeah. And um, their big song, since I'm in such a singing mood tonight, is the fucking, there was a song that rooftops. had to Standing on the rooftops, everybody yeah. scream, yo. Yeah. It's just very. It was shitty music about being misunderstood in like fucking Swansea. You know, <laughs> but, um, my favorite word you sometimes use is uh, their music could be described as lightweight. It was pretty light on its feet, yeah. you know. Yeah. That music, so it was pretty light, and you know, no one would expect that the singer of that band would turn out to be more evil than like even the like Jeffrey Epstein got nothing. Oh no, he's the it, guy from Lost. You Prophet. know, a lot of a lot of uh, in the music scene, a lot of um, a lot's made about gangster rap and uh, people in the black oh, metal scenes yeah. and stuff like that. You know, who sometimes killed each other or whatever. But what what uh, Ian Watkins from Lost Prophets did was uh, well, I think in total there were like thirty different charges, but um, yeah. one of the worst ones is attempted rape of a one year old. Jesus. Attempted rape of a one-year-old. Now, you can only imagine why the word attempted goes in there. Uh, but, um, that's not the worst part. Well, the worst part... I mean, it depends what you say the worst part is, but uh, essentially what he was I doing was he is. was... Essentially what he was doing was he was grooming his um, fans, his uh-huh. like younger female fans... Uh, and like, honestly, him fucking his younger female fans is like the least of it. You know, uh, he, I mean, he had like 16-year-old I mean, fans or whatever, but he was, he was convincing them to get pregnant... And have children that they would give to him, like that they for, would give to him for, for oh that kind of reason. God, and uh, th- there's a lot of video evidence of it, apparently. And like, dude, it's like, and also getting them addicted to drugs. That was a big thing that he wanted to do. He wanted to get them. He was yeah. th- there were like conversations where he was saying like, yeah, and when you have that baby, we're gonna get addicted to crack and completely fuck with its mind and like 
just ru- destroy it. You know, like it, it's <laughs> like <laughs> fucking brutal. It's insane. It's like sword and scale has nothing. Uh, like I don't know if you, they've covered him. They probably should. They sh- really ought to. Except I don't think he ever actually got like actually did anything. It was all just like uh, attempted rape of the one year old is apparently that's one that he actually he physically tried that. Seems like it. That's what the charge Regardless, was. Regardless, yeah. I mean sword and scale like and uh, could, giving giving um, drugs to an infant too. You could picture that little psycho from Sword and Scale being like antisocial loser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lost yeah. profits. <laughs> Emo band, if you can call it music. He wore hair that covered one eye. What else was he trying to hide? <laughs> I mean, fuck Sword and Scale, you can know. We but like, talk about our friends, our fellow. Well, can we finish what okay, we were ahead, talking about ahead, first? Ahead, like, Jesus ahead. Christ, interrupted all the time. So, yeah, he. Um, so not only did he get charged with all these things and eventually got caught, apparently there's a big, yeah. uh, I think, an ongoing investigation to how the police handled it because apparently they ignored tons and tons of, uh, you know, tips. Yeah. <laughs> Tip-offs about it. Yeah. Um, so he eventually gets caught and he gets charged and he gets sentenced and, uh, you know, it's fucking brutal. The jury were apparently, like, given a lot of psycholo- you know, psychological help throughout that trial. I mean, um, fuck, dude. Yeah, it was really bad. Uh, but the main thing about it is that he's uh, completely remorseless. He's no. oh yeah. wait, I remember this. He's part. totally remorseless God. and was re- and was recorded um, speaking to. Well, first of all, he's been recently. I think last year uh, has also been charged again with trying to groom another female f- fan from prison. But he was also recorded on the phone with uh, one of his female fans who are still. You know, there are those crazy girls who were just like, no matter how much of an asshole. It's like the the Charles Manson groupies and stuff like that. While he was yeah. in prison, uh, uh, Ted Bundy, Jeffrey Dahmer, like girls fucking love this shit. Some of them do anyway. Okay, well, go on. No, it's true. It's a yeah. common thing. You very rarely hear about men who are really into female convicts. It's definitely a. I, I sorry. Why are you looking at me like that's a controversial thing to say? That's oh fuck the dogs in yeah. Um, but uh, no, that's absolutely true. And there were apparently girls who are still really into Ian Watkins and to the point where he's still trying to get them to uh, do his bidding outside of prison. But he was recorded on the phone as having described, uh, during the trial, describing the whole thing as megalols. Yeah, as I an re- actual quote. I remember Actual quote. Now. He said, I thought it was just megalols. You know, I didn't. <laughs> I don't know why they're making such a big fuss over all this megalos. That's shit. the part that I forgot. That's actually. fucking so hilarious. You, that's what I was about to say, and I realized I was interrupting. But when, when you said like his remorse, I was like, yeah, you know what? The as much as I even retain about this story, and it's such a big, complex story. Yeah, like every detail I retain is not even the full. Like it's more and more fucked up. Keeps like, going. Yeah, it's. It's as bad as it can be. And he only got... I think he's going to be eligible for parole uh, 25 years after he was sentenced. So... Yeah. Fucking dog. Sorry, the dog just knocked a bunch of shit over. Get out of here. Um, yeah, so he's he's going to be out. He's going to be walking the streets yeah. at some point, you know. Uh, but that's pretty fucking terrifying. All right, go on. You were going to say something else. Oh, yeah. There. I mean, it sounds like something fit for score, sword and scale. And I just wondered if we ever teed uh, so off on sword and scale. I don't think we've ever that, talked about it on here. But that whole yeah, story. Yeah. One of our favorite podcasts. There's, I got three podcasts that I listen to. That's Hollywood Babylon, Penn's Sunday School. And Sword and Scale. And sword and Scale. Well, I, remember, I got introduced to Sword and Scale, if you don't know, is like a true crime. I thought I put you up on it. No. Um... Oh. It's like a true crime podcast. Uh, so they just each um, episode they deal with a 
certain case and they use a lot of uh audio you know police phone calls uh interviews yeah. and stuff like that <laughs> it's yeah and it's pretty exploitative to begin yeah, with to like, say the least yeah and they've I, I think actually got a bunch of complaints from like victims families and stuff being like hey we didn't like <laughs> we get yeah, no, no permission shit, for yeah. you to use our fucking distress 911 phone calls on your fucking podcast right then you're selling like fucking blue apron in between <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> right. yeah that's true they'll finish like uh yeah. you know a 911 call where she's like she's not breathing her head's fucking oh my god what are you and it's like well in case you haven't lost your appetite already blue apron <laughs> delivers fresh quality meals <laughs> three times a week so kind of try to keep the tone yeah, yeah. no it's uh, actually no he barely even tries sometimes yeah. it, it was hosted by a guy called mike boudet was that his i didn't even I know i think his, his name. name was mike boudet who is now i i don't think he's hosting it anymore because i he got canceled because he was sending like he, he was just like harassing his fans basically. no that wasn't what it was yeah I'll he was asking you. for he was asking for like tit pics from his no, fans. That wasn't what it was. That is absolutely what it was. And then he also um, event the final straw was he reposted some meme about like you know one of those. I don't remember him asking for tit pics. Yeah, that's oh yeah he's been he that's was a lot worse than I thought it was. No, no, he was long uh, like for a long time. Um, you know, he he was kind of a bit of a bet noir in, in the yeah. true crime podcasting community, yeah. if, if there is such a thing. Yeah. And the uh, for for things like that, but what eventually got him cancelled was that he reposted some meme where it was like, you know, I, the, I just want to see a cunt's insides. <laughs> what was yeah, it again? Well, it was it was, like, I forgot. What should we it look it was. up? It was. It wasn't good. I'll tell you that. It was like the type of joke that you're like, ooh. It was like a rough. Yeah, joke. it was not, especially for someone who you know has this podcast which goes into excruciating detail about true crime and like how humanity is like, all monstrous. Like, I don't then, understand dumb cunts. Maybe I should take one apart or something weird. Yeah, like it was that. something like it that. Was really and gross. Again, for someone who not only has been accused of like harassing his female fans before, but also, you know, general victim insensitivity. Fa- yeah, victims' yeah. families being like, why the fuck are you? Yeah. So there's um, definitely a fetishistic worship of. Apparently life. he's returned to. Um, <laughs> Oh, has he? That's he's returned to some scale now. Uh, yeah, let me see, let me see if I can find that. Uh, please hold. Yeah, what was it? It was like, yeah, look at this fucking guy. Stay uh, Oh yeah. All right, yeah. So it was. He just shared this meme. He didn't write it, but uh, it says, "I don't understand dumb cunts. Maybe I should take one apart to see how it works." Oh, I had it almost exactly right. Yeah, no, you did yeah. pretty good. So it's like a, you know, like a serial killer joke, but like a real serial it's killer a, joke. That, yeah, that's the kind of joke good. that, like, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer <laughs> would have found quite funny. You think, won't find yeah. that on the Poor Quality Podcast. We're wholesome. Yeah, we're, we're a wholesome yeah. bunch of lads here. I we mean, compared to that. that, yeah, we're fucking, we're Gracie Allen and George Burns compared to that shit. Right. One sec. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the cat was scratching at the door. Um, uh yeah but he um so i, I kind of like my wife introduced me to it she, I, I think we were driving to the airport or something when we got stuck in traffic and she just started playing one and i was like oh this is actually kind of cool you know you get to learn a lot about a case and uh, yeah you know really, you really do have everything in there you have police interviews police phone calls and stuff like that it's yeah. pretty you know pretty good i later learned that almost all of them are actually ri- he just he's just reading out transcripts from either articles about the case like he's very little of it is original um, but you know that's fine. It's like a weird compiler. Yeah, it's basically like an aggregator. Um, 
But that's fine, and it's presented well enough, except for the fact that he loves to editorialize. Um, <laughs> where he really ought yeah, not to. Does. I mean, there was so there was one episode that was about a case where a um, you know an old man kept get his house kept getting burgled by local teenagers. Like they used to keep breaking in and uh, stealing his shit. And one time he just snapped and he sort of sat in the basement waiting for them. And when they came in, they he shot them and killed them. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know you hear his police interview where he's kind of explaining that and explaining that it was in you know the police hadn't done anything about it and that he was within his rights to shoot trespassers blah 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 and he's kind of pretty calm and uh so he'll be he'll be saying something like well it was thanksgiving and uh normally i i don't particularly like celebrating thanksgiving uh, I, I find it all a bit stressful to deal with my family and i prefer to just stay at home mike bidet cuts in and just uh editorializes doesn't like thanksgiving prefers to be alone a crazy lonely <laughs> a crazy <laughs> anti-social anti <laughs> yeah freak or something like that and it's like well that's your opinion dude like why because out of all the things that guy yeah. said and did it's like not wanting to spend thanksgiving with his family is that's pretty normal oh, that's fair enough yeah. <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> doesn't matter also i can't imagine mike bidet is fucking spending time with his family at thanksgiving <laughs> Have you heard my latest dumb cunt joke? <laughs> yeah, they, you know, he's not welcome at the bidet household <laughs> anymore. Asking his little cousin for tits pictures. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, he's gonna sue us, dude! I heard he's litigious. Oh, I, I believe it. I would. No, nah, he'll, he'll just come after us on Twitter. That's fine. Yeah, I, I got a Twitter account. Know if I have a Twitter this. account, to yeah, be honest. come on, come and get us. No, I think I, mean, I have I one just so I can look at other people's. But yeah, he fucking <laughs> he uh, he's something else. That guy. He he. He's like a weird because, like you said, he's the. It's like I know people who are into true crime and are also much more. I wouldn't say liberal, but much more like sort of socially sensitive and and uh, thoughtful than I am at the very least. Yeah, well, it's worth saying that after he got canceled for that, he yeah. did the typical like anti SJW. Well, so that's what thing. I was about yeah. to say. Like even before all that because apparently he was like on Twitter making I remember I went on a date with a girl and like a lot of girls who at least the ones who go on dates with me are really into like serial killers and sociopaths and that's what I was saying they love them and true <laughs> crime and stuff like that and they would always put that in their in their tinder so I I don't really know that much about that but I would ask them on the date I'd be like oh you know what do you like you know what's like what's your favorite of that like what do you like and it was always uh, you know my favorite murder and all these various fucking whatevers. But one of them that they always brought up was Sword and Scale. And they would always have the same thing to say about it, which is they're like, look, I really like the show, but I fucking hate that host. Yeah. Because I guess he was like a real scumbag. Even before he was, a, I didn't know he was asking people for tit pics. But yeah, there were screenshots of that. That's crazy. But I, I mean, think like a girl was offering to submit something like a like a story or a yeah. suggestion and he was like well you can as long as you send a picture of your tits as well oh god yeah <laughs> apparently <laughs> he's a, he's a he also dish, was going on with um with what's it called apparently he was also going on like making fun of fat girls or something like yeah, that like he was that just he's just brand. an asshole in general yeah. he's just like a weird anti-social dude but also the, the so, other the other thing it's not just him it's actually a you know a fair few of these types of um presenters and stuff like that it's like if you're making me hate you more than the serial killer or yeah. <laughs> rapist that you're talking about yeah 
that's a problem with right. your presentation, isn't it? So, like, with my bidet, like, I'm, I just find myself rooting for that guy who shot those kids on Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> Purely because I'm like, well, I feel like he's being untreated. He's being unfairly treated here. Yeah. There was another one where I think it was, like, a, you know, a teenager um, who seemed, at least from the story, it seemed like he had some pretty severe mental difficulties. And yeah. uh, he did a murder. And... Um, He's talking about when he got interviewed by the police, and he was like, "They bought him a they bought him a requested meal, which was a McDonald's, if you can call it a meal, <laughs> or something like that." Like he's fucking like, Hell yeah, he's editorializing in. about McDonald's now. Yeah, he's it's getting like, in there. He's like, as this guy shoved McDonald's down his fucking face. <laughs> He sat and answered the police question. It's like, well, why throw that? And now I just feel kind of bad for the guy because I feel like you're picking on the one, even, you, even if he is yeah. a murderer. You know, the one you directed me to, the Luca Guadagnino, is that uh, the guy's name? Luca Magnata. Luca Magnata, why the Canadian Luca guy who I think I made up that name, but I'm surprised a movie hasn't been made about that yet. That's Luke, an interesting Luca Magnata. Yeah, kind of like a modern day party monster sort of situation. Almost, kind of, yeah. Like, it was like a guy who was obsessed with being absolutely obsessed with being famous and like, yeah. trying anything to become famous. And the thing that eventually got him famous was uh, uh, murdering Killing a guy and making a kind of yeah. snuff video about it. Yeah, uh, and he it's it's not even like I mean it is distasteful, but it also sometimes comes off as just redundant. Like Luca Magnata is sick. Most of these people are sick that he uh-huh. talks about, and he's just seeing like. Luca Magnato is a fucking vain, <laughs> narcissistic social media whore. And I'm like, well, okay. Well, he has a, <laughs> yeah, my Bidet has a really conservative attitude towards crime in general. Well, not just towards crime, but yeah, it's that kind of attitude where a lot He's of a what hateful he, dude. Well, sure. a lot of like, what he yeah. says also is kind of like, well, do you know who your neighbors are? You know, yeah, like that yeah, kind yeah. of shit, that kind of fear mongering shit. And uh, another one. You know, if, if if there's a story about how a kid killed his parents or something like that, it's like, you know, can you really ever trust anyone, even your own children? And it's like, yeah, you can. Like, these are really unusual <laughs> cases. They're really unusual cases and, like, the weird fear-mongering shit. And it, it affects my wife, you know. Yeah. She's like, fuck, I mean, I'm really... It's like, no, don't worry about it. You know, he's, but he definitely likes to play up that kind of, yeah. you know, it's, it's kind of what the conservative news exposés would do. Like, right. well, do you know what your children are listening to? Yeah. You know, that kind of shit. And the kid in the fucking file cabinet, like in fucking, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like in Brassai, right. But they, he fucking, um, <coughs> he makes you feel a little bit of sympathy for some of the, uh, yeah. some of the horrible people that, uh, that uh, in those cases. And it's the same with um, uh, To Catch a Predator, you know, the, the fucking Chris Hansen. Yeah. Now, now, I've only seen clips of that on YouTube, so I don't know how much, how widely seen it was by like just normal people in America on TV, but it was part, it was a sensation. It was part of Dateline, right? Yeah, it was a sensation. So like, it was a big thing that a lot of people would see. Now, I've seen a few clips of that. Now, look, I'm no, I'm no fan of fucking <laughs> right. pedophilia. I'm no, I'm no fan of uh, grooming teenagers on the internet and trying to fuck them, but... Christ, if that show doesn't make you feel sorry for them, like it well, really, not all of them, like some of them are clearly like fucking yeah, but a lot of them are like. There's one where a guy comes in on like fucking crutches, and he's clearly oh he's clearly very very like I would imagine probably mental age of not much older than right than the victim. Quote yeah, quote. and that's the other thing. There isn't even a victim. That's the thing that kind of bothers me about it. As far as like entrapment goes, it's like, well, if there isn't a victim and if no crime therefore was actually committed, like how right. fair is it to, you know, it's like kind of, it's like minority report, which we got a question on tonight. In the yes. Movie, but it's kind of like, that's the moral question. And at least the Philip K. Dick novel was like, well, 
you know, if you can see the future, if you can say, oh, this guy's going to do a murder, and then you arrest him for the potential that he's going to do that murder, then you're technically arresting him for something that didn't happen. You're arresting someone who's innocent. Yeah, yeah who hasn't actually done anything yet, except for, like, intention or whatever. So it's a bit of a, you know, it's morally a little bit questionable, but especially watching them fucking... Uh, that, I think you can probably look it up. Like, what do they like call that? Prophylactic guy. justice, right? Prophylactic yeah, justice, like preventative. Idea. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... And I get it. You know, I understand it. I understand why you'd... Um, you know why you'd suggest that but it does there's something a little bit off about it especially when it comes to this fucking guy stumbling in on crutches and then he gets right. confronted by chris hansen and he, he clearly doesn't really know what's going on and because a lot of them uh you know when they're confronted they try and like backpedal a lot and they're like yeah well no i was literally just coming to hang out blah 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 he doesn't even i don't think have the mental faculties to realize what's going on so he's just like well yeah where is she <laughs> oh so, hey so i hear you're you're here to see uh you're here to see clara and he's like yeah is she, is she coming <laughs> oh, like the guy didn't fucking yeah. get it you know and then he, you know they send him out and then the, the police fucking like dog pile mm-hmm. this fucking guy on these little <laughs> crutches his legs oh, are all God. fucked up and like oh, fuck. you know it's just like at some point you're really failing if you know yeah. if, if you're if you're making someone at least like me feel uh, at all sympathetic for yeah. these people you know but well uh, and that's become a trend in the UK, by the way. The vigilante pedophile hunters. <laughs> yeah, no, I've seen the YouTube videos. Oh, you sent them it's to me. amazing. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to talk about. It. I was gonna go back to the fucking. Uh, I was gonna go back to the sword and scale guy, but fuck that. Let's ask he, he, he's me. the kind of guy who would be one of them. You know, oh, like one sure. of those vigilante yeah. pedophile. Now, I think it probably started from. Well, I'm sure Chris Hansen on Dateline. To Catch Predator had something to do with it. But I think there was also a Vice documentary about this dude in Canada who was a vigilante pedophile hunter, right? Right. I can't remember his name. Um, actually, I do. Justin Payne. And he looked a bit like Mike Patton, which I found kind of funny. Hmm. And that was a pretty good documentary because it it kind of covered both sides of the debate. Like, the vast majority of um, police and the psychologists and pretty much anyone with any kind of expertise in in the justice system and in criminality and things like that seems to be against vigilante pedophile hunting. The vigilantism in general. Vigilantism in general, idea. but yeah. especially they seem to think that it, it it doesn't help with pedophile hunting because it forces them to, you know, become less blatant about it. It's easier for right. co- actual police officers to catch them when they're, you know, kind of out in the open. But yeah. if, if they're terrified about turning up on facebook then they're gonna find other ways to do it uh, you know there are a lot of different um you know a lot of different thoughts on it so i think that that documentary which was pretty good like and the guy was very sympathetic in that documentary he himself had been abused and he seemed to really really genuinely be passionate about it for good reasons even if a little bit misguided maybe and so you know he'd uh pretend to, it was kind of weird like you kept seeing him on the phone you know doing this like little boy voice <laughs> like talking to these pedophiles trying to get them to come out and meet them yeah. uh. and it is a li- it's really it's kind of awkward and a little bit creepy but uh now in england there's a whole trend like so much so that it makes the news all the time there are like gangs of uh vigilante pedophile hunters oh, who go around um you know doing the same thing kind of entrapping and uh you see some of the conversations and you see that like really they're pushing it like, they're the ones who are pushing it more so than... Like, the guys often will have hesitate when they, you know, they usually start by saying, like, if it's on Tinder or whatever, they'll be like, well, obviously, you have to be 18 to be on Tinder. And then at some point, after already talking to them a bit, they'll be like, actually, I'm only uh, I'm only 13. 
And the guys are like, oh, well, well, we probably shouldn't talk anymore then. And they're like, no, no, no. Like, you know, what what was that you were saying about wanting to fuck me? And they're like, well, I mean, like, you know. So there's a lot of entrapment go- going on. And uh, quite often when they um, when they meet up with these people and live stream on Facebook and they're like shoving the fucking camera in their face being like, your whole life is destroyed, motherfucker. Well, in English, they were like, you wanker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your whole life is fucked. Like, yep, you're going to lose your job. Do you have a wife? Do you have a wife? And they're sometimes like, yes. And they're like, you're going to lose her too. You know, it's like properly <laughs> brutal. <laughs> oh, I fucking knew it. Like kind of unnecessarily. I, granted, yeah, nothing good about about being a being a child predator, but it also seems unnecessarily cruel. It and feels brutal. like they're relishing it for and kind also of the wrong reasons. But yeah. it also seems like that could probably damage the and any actual criminal charges to get filed against the guy. Like having that video could probably <laughs> would probably make the court look on it a little bit more leniently. If well, anything. and I I think those of I don't know if I should say this on the podcast, but those of us who are opposed to the death penalty and things like that, more capital punishment is. It's too hot button in California, in Los Angeles to say I'm anti death penalty, I guess. But like those of us who are like justice should be kind of cold and dispassionate yeah. because it should be rational no, and it I, should be I, rehabilitated. Be, yeah. So someone seeing someone who is really deeply relishing the idea of like quote unquote getting a bad guy is uh, a bad sign to say the least well yeah and it turns out yeah. uh, one of them one of the most notorious ones got caught with child porn on his computer uh well you know which, I, I think which hunter is, general and he said yeah. yeah well you know he says that he was doing research well, uh, you know, like I, I have a feeling that there's a lot going on with some of those people that um, probably extends a little bit further than actually wanting to see justice meted out. I think there's a lot of ex- exhibitionism about it too. I think right. they think they're really awesome. But the thing is, the vast majority of them, those the English ones especially, they are turning out as like a really old guy. Yeah, or like a really and like you know they're um they're like trying to tackle him to the ground and shit sometimes. Yeah. And then one, but there is one, at least uh, one video where they're knocking on the door of this house. <laughs> they're all fucking like really happy about it. Uh-oh. And they knock on the door of this house and uh, someone else opens the door and they go, are you this guy? And, they, and some Russian guy goes, no, 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 he's, he's in the back. And they're like, all right, can you, can you tell him to come out here? We've, we've, got, we've got something for him. And they've got transcripts of his uh, yeah. you know, chats with some fake underage girl. <laughs> And uh, I see where this is going. It's so fucking funny because they the guy goes back in, gets this guy, and suddenly it's like something out of Jurassic Park. It fucking like <laughs> this absolute unit like, <laughs> barrels out of the door wearing like a tracksuit, and he's like fuck it, he's enormous. And they just go like, "Hello!" One of the one of the vigilante pedophile hunters panics so quickly he instinctively shakes his hand. He just goes, hi. Because <laughs> they're not expecting that. They're expecting another old cripple guy or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this guy turns up and they go, uh, yeah, uh, do, do you maybe want to explain what, what this is? And he goes, what is, he literally just takes it, goes, what is this? Looks at it, looks at them, just goes, go away. Like, <laughs> and go, goes back in. And they, they wait for him to close the door. And then one of them just says, pedophile 
and then they call the police and they they fucking they fucking flee across the other side of the street and film the rest of it from behind a parked car when the police bring this guy out because they're fucking terrified of him and the funniest thing was all the comments were just like oh you completely shat it you completely shat it it's absolutely brilliant I mean again it's all kind of it's oh, kind yeah. of bleak and kind of dark what's going on but it's kind of fucking funny though. well you know one of the most reprehensible trends like that that I saw that it that it's not even to me anyway I hope this isn't controversial like my death penalty stance but to me it was it was it's not even a there's not even a victim involved in this there is no moral gray area these people are just like weird snitches where they would go around and I think it is another like they're working through something in their hearts right, right. where they would go around in their neighborhood and they would put video cameras in the faces of people patronizing local prostitutes. Oh, why? I, and like expose them and be like, oh. you are you married? Are you, you know, you're doing this in yeah, my neighborhood? Fucking shit, yeah. yeah. Oh dude. Like it's the same, it's the same instinct. It's the same people. Oh, like definitely. it's, it's, it's so weird. Like, vigilantism is... I love look, comic I, books. I, I love comic books as much as the next guy, but don't do that. And look, I wouldn't be too opposed... Like, you know, they're... they're at least, ostensibly, their MO is, oh, the police are too busy, apparently, to uh, to deal, to catch all these um, <laughs> these predators online or whatever. So, you know, we're, we're doing some of their work for them. Now, that would be... Look, that would be kind of fair if they were just getting the chats and sending those to the police privately and being like, hey, look, this guy... Uh, right is doing this and you might want to keep an eye on him or maybe search his computer or something like that even that i think is a little bit fucking much but um especially because you know the the way they write uh, uh, anyway i mean i I got a lot of opinions on how effective it is but uh it's certainly not effective when you're going to confront him yourself without the police and uh you know you're creating this video which surely can only harm your prosecution you know if, if you do bring charges against, if anyone brings charges against him in this videos there where they're you know yelling at him and fucking cursing him out and shit, then that probably doesn't help matters does it you would feel like if, if you did want it to be um you know if you did just want justice to be served then maybe just send those to the police and let them deal with it rather than right. uh rather than making a big stink about it which is again for your own gain not for not for justice and right. you're not you're not protecting anyone in particular because I mean you got to think one of them is spending their evenings pretending to be a twelve year old girl writing about you know God knows what that can't be good for your fucking health can it Yeah you know? I mean <laughs> I mean I role I, playing as a twelve year old Right I mean I always thought it would be funny if um you know if they catch one of the predators they catch is actually a twelve year old. <laughs> posing as a 12 year old posing as like a 40 year old man and then they turn up and it then it turns out guess what they've just these 40 year old men have uh have turned up to uh have sex with a, with a 12 year old you know that would rule I, i'm sure it will happen eventually like if i was if i was young i think i might do that yeah. <laughs> i might try and find them i mean we've i think i think we've covered it all from from uh from offspring, from, from hot action cop to <laughs> fucking pedophile hunters, from in the hot UK. action cop to uh, hot justice cops. Yeah, well, yeah, there you go. You know, hot justice cops. Name of the episode. That's actually yeah, that's not a, a bad episode. episode. Yeah, uh, yeah. All right, man. I don't know if we got much else to say, have we? I gotta, I gotta get home. Mm. I got an early morning ahead of me. 
me and fucking Rue over here are going to go hunt down some pedos. Rue is uh, not long for this world. Well, not long for this house, I should say. We're not going to have him killed. We're not going to send him out back that's, like that's fucking... probably good to not have him killed. <laughs> nah, but he's becoming a little bit um, temperamental. He nearly bit Shannon's face off the other day. Sh- Shannon, my Shannon? Your Shannon. The Shannon that you know, yeah. I just didn't want to say her <laughs> last name, so I didn't... Nah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he, he, um, he kind of came close to biting her on the face. Fuck. Yeah, he's just becoming... Yeah. He's protective He's protective of the fucking baby, but, you know, he doesn't get it when we're like, hey, she doesn't need to be protected that much. And she's fine. He's she's he's protective of the baby, huh? Yeah, that's... Uh, this is all, all this biting shit has started since she came around. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's it's just a little some, risky. You know, imagine if, like, what, you know, some other fucking kid, like, one of husband's friends comes here. Oh, I'm sure. We're yeah. gonna get... We're the ones who are gonna get sued, and he'll get fucking, you know, bullets to the back of the head. Yeah. So. You should adopt him <laughs> out to a, a more... We're trying to like adopt him out. Experienced donor. Yeah, we're like trying to we're trying to adopt him out to people. At least uh, you know maybe a couple who has more time to dedicate to him. You yeah. know, because he's he's a lot of work, and honestly, we, we're spread a little bit thin as it is. And uh, with the biting and shit, it's just a bit of a liability. And yeah, so if you're listening to this podcast and you want a dog. The, who bites who bites <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a tough sell isn't it uh yeah but, no i don't think he's and by the way this is like if you're the pedophile hunter this is the russian guy this is not a small dog no he's a fucking unit yeah he's, <laughs> he's a he's a strong ass dog like, like i said he could if he decided to fucking snap one day as dogs are want to do oh yeah some dogs are want to fucking snap but you know yeah. like i don't trust dogs that's why like all these pitbull yeah. defenders like he's a bit of a pitbull but like i read you know the kind of arguments both ways on pit bulls like they're illegal in canada they're illegal in most of england and stuff like that but the arguments are like well you know any dog could just snap and blah 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 and it's like yeah but if a fucking chihuahua snaps like what you just sort of flick it across the room and it's not gonna it's really not gonna cause that much damage if this fucking dog snaps even for a second i would be dead he could kill me there is truth to that he could i'm a six foot guy he could he could i think take me on yeah yeah he's very very strong boy i saw so uh, if you want him <laughs> I, I mean, recently i saw maybe the biggest dog i've ever seen in my life like oh, yeah. like standing up he was like on his on all fours he was practically up to my nips like he was huge was like a great dane or something He's, no it was like a some kind of mountain dog huh. but he was some kind of mix that just happened to be very he weighed over 100 pounds this dog well right. over 100 pounds yeah it's like 118 or something like there that. There's some big fucking dogs. I don't really get wanting to have big dogs. I like big dogs, but... You know, you just got to think. Like, they might be fun to see in public or whatever. Yeah. But um, you got to think, having one, everything is bigger. Everything is bigger. And that she means... Is. Yeah, if he decides to shit on the rug, as he has done the a erections. few times, it's, a ton, it's like more than any human. You know, it's... Yeah, uh, yeah it's not fun. And he yeah. needs a lot more food. Needs a lot yeah. more food. Needs a lot more um, space to energize himself. You know, to wear himself out and shit. Like he's just, um, you know, he's not meant for. I mean, they're not meant for domestication. These fucking things. You know, like, <laughs> no, they absolutely are. They were genetically created for it. No, but there eugenics. are some dogs like you know a fucking poodle. Yeah, like put that in the wild. It's fucked. This kind sure. of dog probably would do better in the wild. Honestly, they have so the much... dog right in front of us right now. Yeah, he's depressed. Because he's got nothing to do. He's got nothing to kill. He's got nothing to do, nothing to run around and fucking... Look at the fucking strength on this thing. Yeah, the huge. sheer muscles. Like, the the, yeah. the build. Like, what he's built for is not sitting around the house, you know? Like, he's built for being out there and getting into it. 
Yeah. Getting busy. He's built for... I feel sad that both our animals are virgins, you know? Right. As far as I know, anyway, you know, none of them... I mean, I make fun of the cat all the time for never getting laid. And the cat's getting fat now. <laughs> he you know? is. So he's really never... I mean, he's already... The cat's an incel. He's like already he's neutered. Rick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's already neutered. Um, so, he, yeah, he's got no chance. But that's what I do. If, if, ever he's, if ever he's pissing us off, like he's just running around too much or scratching shit, I'll pick him up and show his genitals to everyone. Oh, yeah. I I sh- <laughs> You've seen me do that? Yeah. yeah I kind of shame him. All right, everyone, look at his genitals. Did I tell you about how Quizmaster Rick is an incel? You sort of meant, you like mentioned something under your breath yeah. while he was asking a question, and I fucking told you to shut up. Yeah, you were like, shut up. Because he's asking, he's like, all right, question seven. What is my bad? Master's like, you know, he's an incel. I'm like, oh, shush. He is. I, you don't remember talking don't, to him? I'm not in the mood for one of your bits. I'm trying to win. You remember him talking to him after the show the last time and him being like, he didn't say he was an incel. He said that he. <laughs> Like says about like not having a wife, and he's like, ah, you know, girls they don't like short guys. I don't remember that. I was pretty drunk that time. Yeah, I, I oh, remember. I remember because you were about to fucking take his virginity for him. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking, I'll yeah. never forget that. I that still, I still kind of want to do it. I, it was making me I jealous. I was getting annoyed. I was like, why is fucking Sean praising this? By the way, I was like, I he's was a terrible quiz master. I was right? struck with pangs of jealousy. Oh, I guess we can't talk about it. Uh, why? What at uh? At the show that I test ran recently. Oh, yeah. Max test ran a show for my wife. I saw you fucking palling around with some dope in the corner. Who? I don't know. Whoever that fucking schmuck Oh, by the was. computer? Yeah. I was training him how to do the audio. Mm. Palling around with some dope. <laughs> it looked like you that guys guy's were, lovely. Look at like you guys are getting ready to podcast. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like a fucking jealous spouse. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You got to sort that out. We have our own lives. Yeah, you know, I'm not jealous of you. Nah, I don't think that's true. <laughs> what do What do you think I would be jealous of? <laughs> <laughs> the cat, me and my cat. I got my cat. That's I'm good. True. <laughs> yeah, I'm my fat cat. Yeah, my cat's slim, dude. He's fucking buff. He's on steroids all the time for his allergies. Yes, yeah, so yeah. Joe Rogan. Cat. Fucking, he gets the anabolic ones. Yeah. not even the fucking corticosterol. He's just got tiny nuts. Yeah, tiny, tiny nuts and a big head. Well, yeah, he, I kept his nuts. By the way, thank you for acknowledging. He's not neutered. He just like, is he not? No, he is. Oh, he okay. Is. He was neutered long before I ever fucking met him. Well, what's the thing? You can't see cat dicks anyway, can you? They're, they're like hidden in this kind of weird black pouch. <laughs> I don't know. I gotta go home, man. I don't want to talk right, about cat well. dicks. <laughs> I thought it was good because like a dog's right. dick, you can see it. Like, it's, it's right. right there, and no, we're still going. Occasionally, you get the lipstick effect, you know, when it's when it's getting too into it. That was the weird thing when Shannon was here. He'd like go from wanting to bite her face to getting like a little, a little, a little, a little lipstick coming out. Well, isn't that? I mean, isn't that just the story of? I mean, uh, it seems like you, you know, he doesn't quite know whether he wants to, yeah, exactly. kill or fuck. But that's yeah. why he shouldn't be inside. Yeah, that's why we're getting rid of you, and he doesn't even know. Uh, he knows. <laughs> He knows. You can t- like, he's just got this is not res- going to make you come off well. <laughs> he's just got a resigned kind of face about it. No, I mean, look, the dog's fine, but it's a lot of um, a lot of liability. All right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Good ending. All right. <laughs>